0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world? The choice, Christ, or culture for us? We can choose Christ. And you know, if you can't remember, just ask the Holy Spirit to remind you. When I was preparing this message, I, I thought to myself, is there, is there someone I need to forgive? Is there something I need to talk to God about? And immediately the Holy Spirit brought something to mind. So if you're not sure, ask the Holy Spirit. But here's some clues that. Is there anyone that when you accidentally meet them, your insides change? Uh, your some of those cartwheels, uh, your hands begin to, to moisten? Or let's say you meet someone in the store in the grocery aisle and something tells you you need to change aisles immediately. Or maybe you have a relative, a certain relative that's wants to come to see you and you decide to plan a vacation that very week to leave town. Our maybe your angel mother-in-law who's coming for a long visit. Angel referring to, to the fact that she's always up the there harping about something. Is it someone that you refuse to speak to or associate with for whatever reason? Or someone in your past that has hurt you deeply and you've not been able to to let it go, the wound is still there and it's never healed. So question, how much is that unforgiveness if you're carrying around your heart cost? How much is it costing you? It negates the work of the cross. Do you know what it costs Jesus to make Forgiveness available to you and me? All his tears, all his blood. Everything. And when you don't forgive, you
1: negate the work of the cross. You grieve the Holy Spirit.
0: You disobey a command of God.
1: It hinders
0: your prayers, it slows your spiritual growth, it sabotages your relationships, all your relationships. It locks you in emotional bondage, even torment, It destroys inner peace and contentment. It breaks down your health. It can literally make you sick. Now, I was talking to a doctor one day. who said he really believed that he could dismiss half his patients in the hospital if they could just feel forgiveness. unforgiveness is holding on to the hurt and wanting to hurt back, wanting to get back, wanting to get even, wanting to retaliate, wanting to seek revenge. By what some person said, if you want to seek revenge, go ahead and take two graves. Because when we, when we do not forgive,
1: it drains us emotionally and
0: spiritually and physically.
1: Unforgiveness burns bridges
0: and builds walls. And by the way, when you wall others out, you wall yourself in, and there is no happiness in isolation. No happiness in being alone. So do you want to insist on being right? Is that what keeps you from forgiving? That somehow it's an issue of being right and being in control. Do you want to get even? Do you want to get revenge? God's way of happiness is from the inside out. God says the only way you'll ever be happy is it's from the inside out. Nothing externally can give you continual happiness. Happiness is an inside job. So if it comes from the inside, and inside you is unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, hate, all the negative emotions that come with unforgiveness then do you understand that happiness is an impossibility? He said at the beginning, happiness is a choice. And it's a responsibility. It's up to you. But God will not force you to be happy. God will let you choose to be happy or choose to be miserable. That's the freedom that God has given you. You can be as happy as you want to be or you can be as miserable as you want to be. Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. That's what what unforgiveness does. With whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. The verse I'll go to your refrigerator. One that you keep it before you at all times. Father Robert Holden defines happiness as, as, defines forgiveness as a decision to be happy. Forgiveness is a decision to be happy. It's a choice to be happy. It's releasing the one who has hurt you. Offer pardon, to replace those hurt feelings with love and acceptance. Forgiveness is God's plan for handling hurt. God knew we would have hurts. He knew that two simple imperfect people in any kind of relationship would need forgiveness, would be hurt. We hurt people and we we're hurt by people. So God's way of handling hurt is forgiveness. And forgiveness allows you to refocus Instead of focusing on the person that has hurt you, focus on God who loves you and who wants to forgive you and give you the power to forgive the person who's hurt you. By God's grace vertically, we receive the gospel of forgiveness. By God's power horizontally, we give forgiveness to others. three basic steps if you want to forgive someone. Three basic steps. Number one, forgive yourself. Receive forgiveness. Remember when we talked about love? You're going to be happy. You have to love yourself. You can't love yourself until you receive God's love. And when you understand that God loves you, God values you, God finds you special, no matter what's happened in your life, He loves you unconditionally, And so when you receive God's love, that frees you up to love God back and to love another person. It's the same with forgiveness. It's only when you receive forgiveness you believe that God has forgiven you. God is great, has forgiven you. And is no longer holding your sins against you. It's when you can receive that forgiveness that frees you up to forgive somebody else. Because the bottom line is, no one has offended you more than you've offended God. And if God can forgive you, then you can forgive other people of their sins against you. Your sins against God are greater, much lesser the sins of someone else you so you can forgive. Because in Christ we are fully forgiven, fully pleasing. We stand forgiven, no longer condemned. Somewhere I read about Beethoven in his later years would spend hours playing a broken harpsichord, and it uh, was out of tune, uh, had broken keys, the strings were stretched. It was, it just made a, a harsh sound in the ear. But yet he would sit and play that instrument hours upon hours. He would play the instrument until tears would come down his cheeks. And if you saw him play that instrument, you would think that he was hearing the saban, And he was. He was deaf. He was hearing. The music as it should be. And you know, that's how much God loves you. I I mean, maybe you feel used and broken and unworthy, rejected, unforgiven. What does God do with someone who is broken and used and a mess? Does He jump that person? God patiently waits because God already sees the music in your life. God already sees what you are yet to see. God hears what you're yet to hear. God sees you as a finished project. God sees what you, listen to me, God sees what you will be as if you already are that is a blessing. God sees you beautiful and beating with happiness. Here and Becky Davis had have written a song called Mercy Saw Me. And the chorus is beautiful. That's how mercy saw me. Though I was broken and so lost, mercy looked past all my faults. The justice of God saw what I had done. Mercy saw me through the sun. Not what I was, but what I could be. That's how mercy saw me. Sin had stolen my dignity and self esteem, but I was made brand new again when mercy looked at me. God sees you as forgiveness.
1: So the second step is to forgive
0: yourself receiving God's forgiveness is step one but step two is forgiving yourself to be happy you have to forgive yourself if not you will spend your life on an unhappy and very expensive guilt trip sometimes we're just too hard on ourselves if God loves us so much and he's willing to forgive us then based on God's love and God's will, we ought to be willing to forgive ourselves Otherwise, we live in spiritual-emotional bondage. So you don't know what I've done. The issue is never what you've done. It's what God did for you in Jesus Christ. It's not how bad you've been. It's how good Jesus is. None of us are good enough to make it to heaven. None of us are good enough to receive God's forgiveness. None of us are good enough to have God even love us. We deserve him to turn his back on us. But God does just realize it. You say, well, I'm so disappointed in myself, I know God has to be disappointed in me. No. God doesn't deal with expectations, God sees your entire life. He saw you before you were ever born. God knew everything that you would ever do. Loves you and he forgives you. Just, listen carefully. Jesus died for all that he knew you would do that wrong. You see, Jesus, when he died on the cross, all his chambers, your sins were future sins. So Jesus died to forgive you of all He knew. You. He knew you every mistake, every sin, every failure, everything that would happen in your life. Before you were ever born, He saw your life from beginning to end. And He put His Son across so that you could be forgiven. And He sees you as if you're already everything you long to be Amazing grace of God, and you know, to be honest with you, to refuse to forgive yourself is at best pride, and at worst, it's a form of idolatry. God has forgiven you; therefore, if you will not forgive yourself, what you're doing is you're claiming a higher standard than God has. I mean, if God forgives, then you set yourself up not to forgive. Surely, you don't want to play God unforgiveness against the cross. You see, God emptied heaven of its greatest treasure. The basis, listen to me, the basis of all forgiveness is the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ on the cross. We are forgiven and sin forgiven because of what Christ? Did you know what happened? God bore on Him.
1: The sins of the entire world. Your sins, my sins, our sins,
0: past sins, present sins, future sins. He poured all of our sins and iniquities on Christ on that cross. No wonder Jesus on that cross, when the skies turned black and he felt the weight of our sins, he cried, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was experiencing our sins. God placed our sins on Jesus. Stop punishing yourself for blowing it. When Jesus took your punishment and paid the penalty for your sins, Jesus died so you could forgive yourself. Regardless of what's happened up to this point, if you're willing to turn from your sin and ask God to forgive you, God will forgive you of anything and everything, and He does it instantly. So at some point this morning, you need to say, I forgive me, I forgive myself. If you want to get happy, you can't miss that step. If you want to be happy and stay happy, you can't miss the step of forgiving yourself. Stop begging God to forgive you start thanking Him for His complete step number three is to forgive others. And it's only after you forgive yourself are you free up to forgive other people. Once you're forgiven, then you need to forgive anyone and everyone who has ever hurt you. And you need to do it right now. You need to do it this morning. You don't need to wait. Go all the way until they apologize. they may never apologize. That person may even be dead. Couldn't say anything. They don't wait on anything on the other person's part. Forgive anyone and everyone who has ever hurt you in any way. If not, you hurt yourself. Now, this dates me and some of you about this at all, and I apologize for that. But in early days of television, the three students... Are quite famous, and uh, Mo and Larry and Curly. Well, Mo is always hitting Curly in the chest, and finally Curly got fed up with it, and he decided to take with in. and so he came up with a plan. He strapped dynamite to his chest, and he said, "The next time he hits me, it's gonna blow his hand off." Now, who got heard the worst in that? You see, Curly was so focused on getting revenge that he didn't realize he was destroying himself in the process. That's what happens uh, so many times. But you need to understand that forgiveness is a choice, but it's not an option. Unless you practice forgiveness, you'll never ever have the happiness that you're looking for. And also, the Bible says forgiveness outsmarts the devil.
1: If you don't forgive, it just opens the door for the devil to come into your
0: life and just have a heyday. 2 Corinthians two ten. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit. So that Satan will not outsmart us. Another reason to forgive is if we don't forgive, it gets Satan opens door in our lives. For we are familiar with His schemes. The Bible says we're to treat one another with love and respect and understanding and forgiveness. We're to treat others as we want to be treated. Luke 6.31 Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, why forgive? Number one, you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. Watch in 3.13 bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Get over in, uh, Matthew 6. Well, let's let look at that. Uh, let's look at that. Matthew 6. I'll
1: take time to turn. By the time you get there, I'll be through.
0: moving to something else. But you know it as the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, our trespasses,
1: as we forgive
0: our debtors those who trespass against us and lead us under temptation but deliver us from evil one.
1: Notice this is a model
0: prayer and and it tells us we can claim God's protection and God's provision but then in the middle of that prayer, it tells us something that we must do and that is forgive one another. Verse 14 really gets serious. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins against you, your heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. Well, wow. that's pretty heavy. If you don't forgive others, I'm not to forgive you. Say, wait a minute, I, I thought I thought I'm saved. I thought that means that I can never go to hell. I'll always be saved. He's not talking about salvation forgiveness. That's settled in heaven. He's talking about
1: earthly relationships,
0: earthly forgiveness. Well, think with me in, in Matthew 18. Uh, it's a wonderful passage you to read when you're thinking about forgiveness. But, you know, Peter is... You know, these strong words about forgiveness, Peter's very concerned about that, and so when he gets an opportunity, he says, Jesus, give me a number. I mean, how, how many times do, do we have to forgive? If forgiveness is that serious... It's so serious that if God won't forgive me, if, if I'm not forgiving other people, then how many times do I have to forgive? Now you can see Peter thinking in his mind because the rabbi said, If somebody harms you, forgive them. If they, if they do it again, forgive them. If they do it the third time, step up. So, Peter is trying to find out from Jesus a number. And so, Peter says, does that mean if I forgive seven times? What he does is he takes the numbers of the, the rabbi and he doubles it and adds one just to give it a little you know, extra there to make sure he's enough. So he's got it figured out and he wants Jesus to approve it. Should I forgive up to seven times? And Jesus said, seventy times. Seven. Some translations say 77. Either way, Jesus isn't talking about a number. He's talking about continual forgiveness. No limitations. But just think about it, how many... Is there any person on earth that has offended you 490 straight times?
1: So don't get hung up on the numbers.
0: He's saying that you want to practice forgiveness continually. So then, to take away all confusion, he tells a story. He gives us a parable. It's about a king who served an owed him $10 million. And he couldn't take it. And finally, the, the king decided he had to, you know, just... Uh, he had to recruit something and do something. So he made a decision to sell the servant and his wife and his children. What did the servant do? The servant came and he fell down on his face before the king and he pleaded, Oh, king, please, please forgive me. I'll pay this back somehow. I'll, I'll pay it back. I'll pay every dime of it back. Well, he could never pay all that back. But he was pleading with all his heart. Don't sell me, don't sell my family. Don't sell us in a slave. Well, all of a sudden the king made a different kind of decision. He didn't give him more time. He said, It's weird. You don't know anything. You're free. Amazing. The debt ten million. Think about it, Tom. If you owe $10 million and Jason wrote the bank, said, Sweet, how would that feel? Go oh, Jason, incredible. I and mean, they want their money. Incredible. Can you imagine what it would be like to owe $10 million knowing you could never, ever pay $10 million? I mean, wouldn't you be full of gratitude the rest of your life? Could you even keep quiet about that? Could you keep on telling people that you owe $10 million? No way you would ever pay it. And it was forgiven. You're out of debt. You don't owe a thing. And you're not going to be enslaved or you're free. You have your family together. Well, what does that person do? He went and found a guy who owed him 20 bucks. And he said, pay me or you're going to prison. And the guy begged him, I will pay Please, please, give me some time. And the guy said, no. And he delivered him to the prison to be tormented. Take you to the next. Back to the future. You may be lost. For twenty bucks, he demands that we then forgive ten. Million. If he hears about it, what does the king think about? He got angry. Angry, and what did he do? He took that man and had him put in the prison to be tormented until he could pay the original ten million dollars. And what's he saying in that parable? He's saying if you carry unforgiveness in your heart, you imprison yourself. You have inner torment. And you'll have it continually until you learn to forgive. I promise you, there are people in this room, there are people all of this town, there are people all of this state, all of this country,
1: who are living in
0: emotional and spiritual bondage. And they are just as much imprisoned as if they were behind bars in one of our prisons, And they are tormented day and night. That's what Jesus wants us to know. You don't have to live in torment. God's forgiveness is real. And He forgives you. And because He has forgiven you, you can forgive others. And you forgive others the same way He's forgiven you. How has He forgiven you? Fully and freely. But you don't know what they've done. 10 million, 20 bucks. It doesn't matter. You've done worse against God. You forgive them, and if you don't forgive them, you experience inner torment. You imprison yourself. I forgive because you've been forgiven.
1: Number two, relationships acquired. You can have relationships, you've got to learn to be a good forgiver.
0: You can have a good marriage and a good forgiver. We're imperfect people. We hurt and we hurt each other. Sometimes we hurt ourselves. So we need forgiveness. Number three, health and happiness depend on. You want to be healthy and happy. then you've got to keep those negative emotions like hate and bitterness and resentment out of your heart of
1: Remember when Leonard Holt one day walked into that plant that he'd worked at for 15 years?
0: He had two guns and emptied 30 shells in command that he'd worked with for 15 years. The Time Magazine said, talked about this man was a model father at Club and church member, faithful church member, Civic minded, But his heart was full of resentment. And resentment and hate and bitterness totally tormented him to the point that did something like that. And before the reason to forgive is because you're not perfect either. I didn't want to bring that up, but. Need forgiveness. You forgive other people because you need it. If you don't need it today, you'll need it next week or next month. You will need forgiveness. The Herbert said, He who cannot forgive breaks the bridge over which he must pass. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that the Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Now here's the process. If you want forgiveness for whatever you've not yet received forgiveness for. A forgiveness that you've not been able to offer somebody else. The first thing you need to do is reveal the hurt. You can't heal what you want to reveal. You've got to be honest. You've got to acknowledge the hurt of whatever happened and ask God to heal that hurt and ask God to give you supernatural strength to take the next step.
1: And He will. If it's 413, I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Does everything mean forgiving anyone and everyone?
0: I think everything includes that. Supernatural power. So, reveal the hurt. This happened. I was hurt because of it. This person hurt me. So, then you release the person. Lay down your weapons, surrender your right to hurt back. That's what forgiveness is you're surrendering your right to hurt back to get even, to get revenge. And what you need to do is, is. it have some empathy where you try to see past your pain to the pain of that person who hurt you. Because understand me, hurt people hurt people. The person who hurts you is a hurting person. The person who hasn't dealt health in a healthy way with his hurts has happened to come out against you. I to walk in their shoes. What would cause them to do what they did? Give them the benefit of the doubt. Give them a break. See their value. Because no matter what somebody has done to you, how much they've earned you, that person is valuable in the eyes of God. That person is a person whom God loves. And that person is a person that God has a plan for his life. Precious to God. Doesn't take away what he's done. And the potential.
1: Regardless of what that person's
0: actions happen to be toward you, that person still has the potential for one day becoming all God who made that person become. God's not through that person. Reveal the hurt, release the person. Number three, restore the relationship.
1: The goal should always be to reconstruct and restore that relationship.
0: And granted, you can't do that single-handedly. The other person is not willing, but you're to to be willing to do all you can do. You're, You're to be willing to do the hard work. It's hard work coming to the point of forgiving each other and building that relationship back. But here's the good news. If you will... If you will do the hard work of forgiveness and try to restore that relationship, when it's restored, it will be stronger than it was before the hurt, before the break. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowery.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry.